Welcome to this week's podcast. We hope you enjoy the message. For more info about Freedom Church, visit hellofreedomchurch.com. Good morning. It's wonderful to see everybody on this uh, holiday weekend. I know Mary already talked about it, but it sounds like everybody had a great Thanksgiving. <laughs> Thank you. That's, that's awesome. I'd like to welcome everybody in Crookston. Uh, Pastor Jared is with the great family in Crookston, so hello to all of you, Pastor Jared, uh, and then all of our online uh, just uh, family. I was thinking this last week, uh, last Sunday, we had Pastor or Reverend uh, Dr. Paul and Carol Alexander here. They're from Trinity Bible College, and they shared in both services, and I know just everybody just loved their ministry, and boy, I certainly do, and they're wonderful friends, and just incredibly just wonderful people. But I was thinking about when Mary and I were attending college uh, in Ellendale. It's a smaller community, and one of the things they would do, I don't remember, there were some special days that they used to have, but they would hide in the community, they would hide a really expensive coin, silver or gold or whatever it was, and then they would give clues, like how to, like, and you're supposed to find this coin. And if you think Mary and I were going to stoop to such juvenile activity, you're wrong, because we absolutely did. We were poor college students, like, so we're on this chase. We're going to find this coin. It's going to be our solution to all of our financial woes. Uh, and we got really close one year, but we, we didn't quite make it. But treasure hunts are pretty fun, aren't they? If you've ever been on that or been on one of those things. In fact, I was just, uh, one of the things that Mary and I enjoy doing, uh, we enjoy going to the North Shore uh, of Minnesota. And along the shore, it's not, I'm sure many of you have been there, it's not a sandy shore, but there's mile after mile after mile of rocks, a rocky shore. And so one of the things you do when you're there, I guess, and what we've done, we go hunting for agates, and so I got this really neat idea one time. This is what I'm going to do. I'm going to find this, this like one in one billion like agate. And then when Mary's making supper, because she'd always make great meals and oftentimes with her and I, just the week that we'd spend there, there's candlelights. And, and I'm like, I'm going to present this agate to her. And it's going to be so amazing because she's going to be like just wowed by my romanticism, right? Okay. And she's like, this is amazing. And her heart's going to melt and she's going to fall into my arms and the, the wind is going to blow through the screen, you know, just beautiful. And it's just going to be this amazing thing. So I, I was searching for this agate and I was searching for this agate <laughs> And I continued to look for this agate, and I could never find anything, and not that I would know what, even hardly what one was if I even found it, but I remember one time I was by myself, and I found this really odd-looking rock, and like, this is probably it, and I'd been studying them, and like, you know, it's like one in a billion to find an agate that's the size of a softball, but I found it. I'm like, this is awesome. And like, I just better make sure that this is, this is like an agate. And I remember there was an old timer that was always on the street corner in Grand Marais uh, selling his rocks, and, and he was a rock hound, and just like to, 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 to the tourist there. So I'm going to go talk to this old timer. I'm going to have him vouch that this is an agate. So I went in there, and I said, sir, I think I've got something here. And he goes, that's basalt. I'm like, basalt? Like, yeah, and it's this very common lava rock. I'm like, oh, my God, are you sure? Yes. He says, if you want to cut it in half, you can cut it in half and buff it. It's going to be beautiful, but it's very common. And I walked away dejected. Like, ah, oh, 
I mean, all of us are on this somewhat of this trek for treasure. How many went Good Friday? Or not Good Friday, Black Friday shopping. (laughs) On Easter, no, no, Black Friday shopping, right? What's the deal about Black Friday? Because we're going to find this incredible bargain. I know myself and some of our boys a couple weeks ago were deer hunting because we're going to find the treasure of this incredible monumental wall hanger buck, right? And so all of us, there's this, this thing about us that we like to discover treasures, find treasures. My concern that in life, as we look for treasure, we'll get to the end of our life only to find it's like, it's just... It's basalt. It's something very common. There's nothing of value or worth to it at all. And so I'm going to share with you something today as, we, as we're searching for treasure, as we're searching for things of value in life. I, 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 I've been thinking this week, like, is there anything more significant that I could share today? Is there anything more important? Is there, any, is there, is there a greater treasure that I could share? And to be honest, I can't, I can't think of anything greater than just what I'm going to share today. We've been going through this series of sermons on altered by the altar. And so all of it's tied to the altar. And to do so today, we're going to look to Romans chapter 12, starting with verse 1, just a couple verses. And here Paul says, he says, therefore... And I know these are a couple verses I'm sure many of you have heard. Therefore, I urge you, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you would present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God. Holy sacrifice, acceptable to God, which is your spiritual service of worship. In the previous sermons that we've talked about, we've talked about, we've taken Noah, We've taken Abraham and Jacob, and there were these men of the Old Testament. They were Old Testament, like heroes of the faith, Old Testament patriarchs, and what they did on specific situations, they would build an altar, and after they had built an altar, they would take cattle, or they would take a lamb, or they would take a ram, and they would offer it to the Lord as a sacrifice. And it was just a sacrifice to offer to him. And what Paul says is this. He says, I don't want you to offer animal sacrifices. That was something that ended in the Old Testament. But today it's because Jesus Christ became the once and for all sacrifice. But what Paul says is what I want you to do, now I want you to offer yourselves as the sacrifice. Rather than taking an animal of the Old Testament like Abraham did or Noah or Jacob and laying it on this altar and then sacrificing it to God, what I want you to do, I want you to jump up on top of the altar yourself and I want you to offer yourself to God as a sacrifice. Saying, God, I'm all in. I'm all yours, God. Like, take me. I'll be that sacrifice. That's what Paul is talking about. Think about this for just a moment. In the Old Testament sacrificial system, when the Old Testament patriarch would offer a sacrifice, it would then be consumed with fire, and when the fire was done, the sacrifice was done, right? And so if I was to offer an animal as a sacrifice, it burns, and then like once it's offered, like, okay, my job is done, and I walk away. But what Paul says is much different. I want you to offer up the sacrifice like yourself as a living, not a dead sacrifice, but a living sacrifice. And so the moment of sacrifice, it doesn't, we don't wash our hands and walk away. He says, that's the moment it begins. And our act of worship as a living sacrifice is something that's moved from the temple out into the streets. Does that make sense? The, the sacrifice as a living sacrifice, that means our whole entire life is an act of worship. 
our entire life. It's not just when, when, when we offer up something like, okay, now we're going to step away from this thing. But our entire life is, a, is an act of worship to God. Our words that we speak is that of worship to God. How we treat people is reflective of our worship to God. How we work, our, our work ethic, how we just respond at work, our entertainment, our hobbies, all, all these different things. Once it's all a reflection, we are living sacrifice that the aroma of our life would be pleasing to the Lord. That's the worship he's called us to. And it, it, it consumes every part of us. Every part of us. Look at this verse. Paul says, I urge you, brethren, by the mercies of God, I encourage you. He's saying, I implore you. If he were standing in front of us, he'd probably take us by the shoulders and look us right in the eyes and say, I really want you to get this, okay? I urge you. I encourage you. I implore you. By the mercies of God. By the compassion of God. This is really something I want you to do. This is something I really want you to get. Offering up our lives to God is not based on some cold, perfunctory, religious obligation or duty where we're like, okay, we checked the box, got that done. It's based on the mercies and on the incredible compassion of God. What Paul is saying, in view of God's amazing compassion... In view of God's amazing mercy and grace, because of the character of God is so awesome, because the character of God is so incredibly loving and kind, he says, out of, out of the, the compassion of God, out of his grace, what I want you to do is offer up yourselves as a living sacrifice because you can really trust who God is. You can trust who he is. And so in offering up ourselves, we see, well, it involves offering up our, our emotions. God, here's my sadness. Lord, here's my sorrow. Here's my fear. Here's my discontent. Here's my loneliness. God, here's my anger. Oh, God, here's my discouragement. God, here's whatever that emotion is. We come to him and we offer all that we are in involving part of that. Lord, our confusion, our chaos, whatever it is. Lord, I give you all of my emotions. Secondly, Paul says, I, I encourage you, therefore, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies. It's not just our emotions, but he says, I want you to, to, to offer up your bodies. Lord, I give you my words, my hands, my work, my hobbies, my entertainment. Lord, I give all of that to you, God. It's all yours. And then Paul says, and I, therefore I urge you, brethren, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies a living and holy sacrifice that is acceptable to God, which is your spiritual service of worship, other translations would say it this way, which is your reasonable service of worship. And I've never seen this before, but I really love it. You know, I've, I mean, I've known this passage of Scripture for a long time and have studied it. And, but I, I love it because he says, by the, I urge you by the, the mercies of God, okay, here's this emotional, our emotions, to present your body. Okay, here's the body which is your reasonable, now here's the intellect, and it goes through every area of, of our composition, how we're made, our emotions, our body, and our intellect. He appeals to all those different areas. And so what Paul is saying, because of the God, you say, well, I'm, I'm kind of more of a cerebral, mental, you know, assimilating type person. And, and what Paul is saying, if that's you, he says that then by the mercies and the compassions of God, offer yourself up to God because it just makes reasonable sense. 
Because if you study it from a very practical, like cerebral point of view, you will come to the, 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 the conclusion that this makes sense to offer yourself and to give your life to Jesus Christ. It just makes sense. He appeals to all those different areas, involves all of us. Herein lies the treasure. Herein lies the treasure that we have a loving Father in heaven who created us with incredible intention and design. Our life is not an accident. The one life that God gave to us, God says, I'm not giving you one life so that you can just live it in discouragement, so that you can live it in despondency, so that you can live it in frustration, so that you can live it in anger, and you can live it just kind of like half-life or even a quarter-life, just never feeling you really get to the... He says, the one life, the treasure is this, that in the one life I've given to you, he says that, with that again, first of all, that we have this loving Father with incredible intent, made it with, with, with incredible intention and design, and he says, now I have an amazing plan for you. That's the treasure, that, the father, that we have a Father in heaven who has an amazing plan for us. And the key to unlock that treasure is when we come to God and we jump up on the altar and we say, okay, God, I'm offering you my life, my emotions, I'm offering you my body, I'm offering you my intellect, my mind, my reasonings. God, I'm just giving all all that I have, God, I'm dedicating all that I have to you. And when that happens, it unlocks this key to this amazing treasure. And he expounds one step a little bit further. He says, verse 2, and do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind so that you may prove what the will of God is, that which is good, acceptable, and perfect. Okay, just, just in case, tell your, the neighbor beside you, listen to what's coming next. Okay. <laughs> okay. He says this, don't be conformed to this world. Don't allow your life to be patterned after the world. Don't allow yourself, literally means don't allow yourself to be pressed into the mold of this world like it's about money, it's about fame, it's about toys. Those are the things that are really going to make you happy. There's a lot of really miserable, wealthy people. There's a lot of miserable, really miserable like people that are very famous. That's not, that's not the key, the treasure of life, is it? says, do not be conformed. Do not allow the world to press you into its form and into its image where the thinking of the world becomes our thinking. He says, don't allow that to happen. Don't allow that to happen where you think like the most valuable thing that we have or whatever is, 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 is some, some, some object or some house. He says, no, 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 no. That's not the thing that's of value. May the most valuable thing is not some political persuasion. It's not about the, the, the most current thing that's going on about, like in the world, uh, 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 whatever, whatever the hot button is right now. That's, that's not it either. Because realize that as believers that we actually have a higher calling. The calling we have, it's a higher calling than, than whether we should wear masks or not or be vaccinated or not, right? There's a higher calling than that, than our political persuasion. There's a higher calling that we possess, there's a higher calling. God says, no, that, 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 you know, wherever you stand and all that, that, that's fine. But he says, actually, I have something much more significant, a higher calling. Don't allow the world to conform you and press you into its image like this is what it's about. The one with the most toys wins. 
The one with the biggest IRA wins. Lord, that's not what this is about. Don't be conformed to that, but rather be transformed. Be transformed. Where, Where the Greek word is where we get the word, when it says be transformed, it means to be metamorphosized. And anybody remember from biology what that word means? It means where where an immature form is changed into a mature form, where there's an egg that's laid on a leaf that turns into a butterfly, or excuse me, into a, a like a, a a caterpillar, which turns into creates this cocoon and this chrysalis, and then from there eventually emerges this butterfly. And it's, it's this thing from the, from the very immature form to a very mature form for something that's not very attractive to something that's beautiful. This, 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 we are metamorphosized. This butterfly is metamorphosized. That's the whole process. And that's exactly where we get that word from, from here in the Greek, when it says, and do not be, allow the world to press you into its image and into its form. Realize that you have a higher calling. And through that following, that calling, you will be metamorphosized. You will be transformed from, from an immature individual into something that's very spiritually mature. By the renewing of your mind, which takes place through the word of God, spending time in the word of God, our minds become the battlefield, doesn't it, where Satan attacks us. And so we say, what does God's word say? What would, would, the, would God the Father speak to me? And so it says, so that you may prove what the will of God is, that which is good, acceptable, and perfect. I, I just, I love this passage of scripture. Don't be conformed, be transformed, so that you will prove what God's will is in your life, that which is good, acceptable and perfect. God's will, so that you will prove, not in some apologetic type of format or, or, or approach, that's not really what it's referring to, so that you will see and you will discover what God's will is in your life, and when you experience God's will for your life, you will experience it's really, really good. As well, it's really acceptable. That word acceptable is something that's driven me to study this week. Like, what does he mean by acceptable? And I'm sure there's different scholars that, 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 that would have, and they have their bent on it. I was reading through probably eight different commentaries all in this verse this week. And really, what does it mean acceptable? And this is, this is what I feel. I feel that God, he created us. He gives us gifts, talents, and abilities and desires. And then he has his will for us that's according to those gifts, talents, and abilities and how he wants to use us. Right? So in other words, he doesn't, he doesn't make us, give us athletic abilities and say, now I'm going to call you to a world of crocheting. Okay? He doesn't make us like have a love for cooking that says, but now I'm going to call you to be, you know, an engineer designing bridges or whatever it may be. I'm I'm trying to think of some really opposite extremes. He says, how I've created you, your desires, your talents, your giftings is according to my desire. And so I'm going to call you in the will of God. The will that I have for you is good, but it's acceptable. In other words, it makes sense. It's, there's no, there's no dissonance. Like God, but I, I, I don't want to, like, yeah, there's, there's no, it's like, this just makes sense. I remember talking to a new believer one time, and they were just telling me, like, wow, it's amazing that I love doing these things, but now God calls me to use those same gifts 
to further his kingdom. Like, yeah, that's right. That's it. That's, that's what God does. It's acceptable. God's will is that which is good, acceptable, and then it's incredibly, it's just perfect. It's perfect. The treasure is this. It's walking in the will of God that's good, acceptable, and perfect, knowing that God has a purpose and a plan. And the key to unlock the treasure is to get up on the altar and say, God, okay, here I am. I'm going to give you my heart. I give you my emotions. I give you my body. I give you my intellect. God, I give you all that I have. Lord, I'm giving it to you today. And that's the thing that unlocks that. And when it comes time in our own life to really to, to experience the good, acceptable, perfect will of God, I mean, there's nothing like that. I, I know many times, I mean, I've just shared my desire to be an, uh, an engineer. I liked automation. I liked to make machines that go, and like I love to, I mean, that was my desire. I want to be a, an engineer and, and, and to, to pursue automation and to be a mechanical engineer. But then after, like, man, this, this chemistry 113 is really hard. 113. And then, like, man, I'm going to, so I got to take this again because it was such a competitive field at that time. You know, there's so many people going into engineering, and I was, uh, gonna, going, I was going to community college, but then was going to transfer to Arizona State, where I was close to where I was living. And, man, I'm going to have to take this class again. And then, like, man, I got to drop out of calculus because I'm, I'm just failing calculus. Man, that stuff, anybody taken calculus before? Could we give them a hand? Could we just like, wow. <laughs> I mean, like, like, who thinks in those terms? And so I dropped out of calculus, and I'm like, God, what's going on here? This is so hard. And God says, that's right, it's because I've not made you that way. I have a much different calling for you. I'm calling you to be a shepherd. And, and I'll be honest, I, it's something that I don't want to do anything else because how he's created me and made me. And that's my, I love that. And so I don't know how God's created you, but I want you to know that you can trust him. I want you to know that, that God's purpose and plan for your life is so amazing. And the treasure of walking his will, which is good, you will say it's so good, it's so acceptable, it's perfect. But the key that unlocks that is just, is this, Therefore, I urge you, brothers, brethren, <clears throat> by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable, which is just our reasonable service of worship. Don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, by spending time in the Word of God, so that you will prove God's will in your life, that which is good, that which is acceptable, and that which is perfect. The band wants to come uh, to the front today. So, Father, we just thank you so much for this today. Lord, as we just wrap up this series on altar, the altar, Lord, we've read about, studied about Noah and Abraham and Jacob, but now as we come to you, Lord, we're reading about not an altar that anybody builds, but, Lord, an altar that we build. Lord, not an altar where we offer up what a sacrifice of an oxen 
or a ram, but Lord, it's an altar where we offer up ourselves and we jump up on the altar and say, God, okay, I'm all in, I'm all yours. God, have your will. In Jesus' name, oh God. So Father, we dedicate our hearts and our lives to you, oh God. Thank you so much for your presence and your word, oh God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. If we could take a moment today just to bow our heads in our hearts today. Again, what's the treasure? The treasure is that God loves you so much. The treasure is that he's placed gifts, talents, desires, abilities, just longings and urgings in your heart that, that, that it's not about just, you know, that God wants to bring those things out and allow you to walk in those things. That's, that's, that's my, I believe that. But the key to unlocking that is not when we live for ourselves. It's not when we, you know, exit God from the equation, but it's only as we welcome God into the equation. And we say, God, you're welcome here, Lord. You're welcome here, oh God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, God. Thank you, Father. Lord, we love you today. We love you today. Just with our heads just bowed and just a, just a moment of quiet meditation and reflection today. If you're here today and maybe you've never jumped up on the altar and you've never offered your life to God as that living sacrifice, not a dead sacrifice, but a living sacrifice. Man, I would love to pray with you today just to accept him today. Anybody would just say, Pastor Nathan, I want to offer myself to God as that living sacrifice today. I'd let anybody just raise your hand and say that. I'd love to do that today. In Jesus' name. Thank you, God. Thank you, Jesus. Anybody say, you know, I'm kind of struggling in a specific area. Maybe it's in a relationship. I'm struggling giving a relationship to God. I'm struggling maybe giving some, some of my finances to the Lord. I'm struggling in just maybe giving my future to God. So Lord, I, I'll give him these areas, but Lord, this is what I'm really kind of struggling with. And I just realized today I need to give everything to him. Anybody would say, there's just an area of my life I, I, I want to give everything. Thank you for your honesty. You can put those hands down. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Father, today, let's, let's stand together, can we? I'll pray. Father, today, we just offer up our hearts to you. Lord, we offer up our lives to you in Jesus' name. Not, not that we would hold anything back, oh God, as our own. Lord, but God, we just offer it up to you in worship. Lord, we give you our emotions. Lord, we give you our feelings. Lord, we give you our pains. Lord, we give you our successes. We give you our, our insecurities. We give you our perceived failings, oh God. Father, we give to you, Lord, our bodies. We give to you, our, Lord, our, our just all that is underneath our, our possession, all that's underneath our control, oh God. We give to you our reputation. We give to you our joy, God, knowing that you're calling us, oh God, higher, Lord, in, in, into something, Lord, that we may walk and prove that, that your will is good. It's acceptable. It's perfect, oh God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Yes, Lord, in Jesus' name. 
Thanks for listening to this week's message. To stay connected with us, visit us on our website or check us out on Facebook and Instagram at Hello Freedom Church. Have a great week.